Welcome to the Carveline Tech Service Podcast, the go-to industrial coatings podcast. Here are your hosts, Jack Walker and Paula Jamis. Welcome to a very special edition of the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. We told you last time, episode 200, that that was the last one, and uh, Paul's a liar. What can I say? You know, it wouldn't be the first time that I had something factually slightly askew. Well, you know, when you have news to share, you have news to share. That's so right. So, sometimes you, you know, you need to change and do an audible and come back and go with something new. I am nothing if not flexible. <laughs> Can and we, I got that out in a straight face. Can we ask Mr. Jameis about yeah, that? That's right. All right. So anyway, before we get too long winded here into this, um, we want to tell you guys we have a very special guest. He's joined us two times before. Um, the first time it was our hundredth or our one year birthday. Our one year. Yeah. Yeah, it sure was. Joining us this week is Chris Tierney. He's the president and CEO of Carveline. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Guys, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So we got to say, you know, we had John last time when it was our, our first birthday. And coincidentally, this year, 2022, we're celebrating Carboline's 75th anniversary birthday, however we want to say that. Yeah, 75 years. Amazing. You know, exciting times for us here. But before we move on to Carboline uh, and the 75th anniversary, congrats to you guys. You know, great uh, industry tool you've put together here. Uh, 200 episodes. Hard to believe. Thank you. Thank you. When, Thank I, you. when I heard you were going to do something weekly, I shuddered and said, good luck. And you guys pulled it off. So fantastic job. <laughs> And, and I know there's lots of folks out there that listen that are that are eagerly awaiting uh, the next series of podcasts from you. Yeah, 75 years. Interesting story. Um, as as all entrepreneurial stories or most start, a guy named Stan Lapata working as a uh, industrial equipment salesman, not even a coatings person, on a job site one day, and a customer on the job site said he was having trouble repairing a glass lining. And uh, Stan was a chemist by nature. Went back to his garage and whipped up a solution for the glass liner. It was a carbon-based solution, and CarboLine was born. So that's where CarboLine comes from. And over the years, through acquisition, through joint venture, through license agreement, through partnership, have expanded from you know, a meager beginning in St. Louis to a, uh, a global player, literally everywhere in the world for manufacturing distribution, uh, and a really interesting uh, hybrid story and legacy of the brand. We can't thank Stan enough. Uh, he went, he sold the business a couple of times. And then I think the really interesting part for me, as I found out when I joined Carboline, uh, a little over five years ago, I got to meet Tom Sullivan, who at the time was just stepping down as uh, chairman of the board. Tom was the son of Frank Sullivan, who started RPM. And Tom was asking me if I understood the, the uniqueness of Carboline. And I said, well, of course, I've been competing with Carboline for years. And I thought he was talking about the product and the people. And he said, no, Chris, you, you don't understand. When RPM bought Carboline, Carboline was bigger than RPM. It was, <laughs> wow. it was a go big or go home strategy. And uh, obviously it worked. And, you know, here we are today. But I think it gives you insight into uh, entrepreneurial thinking and how brave they are. And they wanted this company and this brand so badly that they were willing to risk the whole thing. So certainly I think... I'm glad. All of us are glad they did. Yeah, and uh, yeah. here we are 75 years later going strong. That's amazing. I didn't realize that Carboline was bigger than RPM at the start. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty ballsy, if I can say that on the air, pretty ballsy yeah. move yeah, to, to go out there and put it all at risk for, for something you really wanted. And uh, so it's got a unique 
place in the hearts of most of the folks back at RPM in Medina. So well, well respected, of course, but uh, got a unique heritage. Yeah, it sure does. Well, I don't know if you know this. I think you more than anybody can say whatever you want on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suppose. Yeah. Take some artistic Liberty. Yeah. Yep. So another thing that has been on the mind of everybody in this industry, really all industries, if you have to buy anything in 2022, you realize that the world isn't the way it was three years ago. Things have changed. Things are different. There are challenges, a many out there. Can you talk a little bit about where we are with raw materials and the challenges uh, to find them? Yeah, I think I could fill several podcasts with uh, talking about raw yeah. materials and supply chains in general. And I don't have a crystal ball and I don't know a whole lot more than, you know, our competitors and all the folks dealing with it. But, you know, things have been horrendous since COVID. You know, certainly that's that kicked it off. And then the polar vortex that hit Texas really was the final blow. And we haven't really fully recovered from that yet. Uh, and every time I get on a call with our, you know, our global procurement team every you know once a month with our team from RPM, I expect to hear that things are getting better. And uh, every month I'm disappointed. <laughs> uh, and I would say from a price perspective, things have settled a little bit. I mean, they're still at all-time highs, but they've stopped going up uh, in the trajectory they were. So that's good news. Uh, from an availability perspective, marginal improvement. And it's spotty. It can be very good one week and can be disastrous the next. And even when you get commitments from raw material suppliers, they're caught with something in their supply chain. Trucks, truck drivers, containers, plant goes down because no one shows up because they all got COVID. So even when we get confirmation of delivery dates, those don't always come through. So it, it's oh. been, you know, it's been hellish to, to say the least. In my 30 something years, never seen anything like this. And the, his last parting words last Thursday in our update call was, uh, if you took your seatbelt off because you thought the ride was over, <laughs> you best put it back on. <laughs> so yeah, unfortunately, no, no real relief. I would say six months of, of continued disruption before we see anything that looks like normal. All right, so that you heard it here first, hug your procurement guy. His life kind of <laughs> sucks right now. Right. So. They are working hard. And, and I would say, you know, I don't want to compare us to other people, but we've done a pretty good job of rolling with the changes as, as, as raw materials have become uh, harder and harder to find. We have continually found the ability to still try to supply the product to the customer. Yeah, our procurement team here has done a fantastic job. And I don't know that anybody in our industry can claim victory, but certainly we've done as well, if not better than most, and tried to keep uh, the majority of our customers happy and our projects going, which obviously is important to us and to them. That's right. And, you know, one of the main things that, that that kind of brings us around to is just the management of how do we keep these things moving? How do we keep them moving forward? How do we make sure we're on the right track? So why don't we jump to a little bit of the future of, of Carboline? Where do we see Carboline going, dare I say, the next 75 years? And what are we going to do to move forward through this? Yeah. So, you know, 75 years in the books and obviously Carboline will be around a long time. And so uh, the near future, call it five years, is going to be really exciting for us. With the cost of acquisitions, which RPM is renowned for, 50% of their growth over the last few decades has been around M&A, um, mergers and acquisitions. The cost of acquisitions has gone, like everything else, through the roof. Right? Right. Multiples are making most acquisitions unpalatable for most. So when, when I was talking to Frank Sullivan, our CEO, we talked about acquisition versus organic growth. Frank was the first one to say, Two things need to happen, Chris. We need to get back on our feet after oil's crashed. And, you know, we took a hit with oil because we're heavily tied to oil. So we need to diversify a little bit away from that. 
and we're probably not going to do it through acquisition. It just doesn't make any sense what the price is out there. So I'm going to give you money to grow organically. So we have just literally going to kick off in the next couple of weeks, um, May 1st uh, or June 1st, rather, uh, a project that is global in nature and is designed to have significant sales increases around the world. Uh, it'll affect Canada, the U.S., all of Europe and Asia. We'll invest in sales, marketing, R&D, human resources, operations, engineering selling or spec selling, technical service. I can't think of any function actually we won't touch over <laughs> the next five years and in significant quantities. So instead of trying to buy our way to growth, we're going to grow our way. So we are, uh, we are in full recruitment mode, about 80 people over the next uh, five years, the vast majority of which happened in the first two years. So we are certainly in high recruitment mode and it's going to be a very exciting place to be because we're uh, loads of investment and where there's investment, there's opportunity and it's going to be really a lot of fun in the next few years. It really is going to be exciting. I know there's open positions in my department. I know there's open positions in Jack's department. It's it's interesting that this is a real culture shift for RPM because typically RPM is a rather conservative company in terms of its planning outside of acquisition, which they're very aggressive at. And there was never really a lot of room in the planning process to invest heavily in any of the businesses. And this was kind of an epiphany for the, the senior leadership team in Medina to say, you know what, we've, we've got all the in-house talent we need. We've got liquid cash and capital. Let's do it the old-fashioned way and grow, and we'll put the money up first and let the sales and profit come later, which is a, it's different for us. Uh, and it shows a vote of confidence in Carberline and the people that we can, you know, if you give us the money, we'll, we'll return the, the sales and the profit and the return on investment down the road. So that's, that's, that's unique and different, and it's a sign of the times that RPM is changing the way it thinks. But definitely makes me happy as a RPM employee and more specifically a Carboline employee to see at, at, at a time where things aren't necessarily aren't the, the great. Oil and gas is down. We, we're, we're coming out of a recession or still in a recession. And to see the parent company just invest a ton of money into our company makes me feel really good as an employee of, of both companies, really. And, you know, not to not to dredge up something that we, we had talked about in the past, but honestly, to have RPM reinvest because we're still just on the tail end of the fireproof building expansion that we did and the, the massive oven and the investment. And we've done a good job with that. That has shown proof positive of how we can do things and how things are going. That's credit to Chris and, and your direction and how we keep moving things forward. And, you know, we hired in the right people to put people in place at the time and we're showing uh, success at that. So it makes sense that you do something good and you get to the opportunity to do more good things. I think you hit it right in the head, Paul. It's, uh, you know, it's, when you have your hand out for investment, you, you need credibility. And we've delivered on that in spades. So they're happy to give us, you know, give us the investment because we give them the return. The Fire Lab has been a, a great boost to us and that, that you know, that's going to pay off for decades to come. That was, a, that was a great investment. But we've done that all over the world. We put in a fairly expensive uh, rain erosion test in uh, Norway to mm -hmm. support our wind blade business. We've put additional research equipment into Barcelona for our passive fire protection business. So whenever they give us the money, we put it to good use. And then, of course, as you said, it makes it easier to get the next uh, lot of cash because you've yeah. del delivered on it and they're happy to do it. The recruiting challenge is mammoth. And certainly yeah. in this environment, as you guys know, uh, recruiting is tough. So uh, we'll fight through that as well. But we're open for business. So, um, yeah, we're, we're certainly in hiring mode. Yeah, and if you're in the industry, there's probably a spot for you here at Carboline. Absolutely right. Yep, and that's www.carboline.com. Go to the Careers tab at the top of the page. So I think as we kind of round out 
you know, we've talked about where Carboline's going. We're talking about where the industry's going. I guess the last thing for us to talk about, where are we going? <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd, maybe I'd take over and we'll reverse the roles okay. here. Okay. All right. You guys are used to asking the questions and all of us have to answer. So I'm going to, I'm going to turn the tide on you. You've had a successful run of the podcast, 200 episodes. You took a little hiatus, rightfully so. Uh, this is a special edition, which I, I know will launch before your new gig, if I can call it that. So yep. tell me what the new gig's about. You want right. you want to reveal the name? Yeah. So we have a name. It's uh, only, you know, it's days old. And yep. so we worked with the entire marketing department, actually, and we came up with the Red Bucket, a protective coatings podcast. Because what we really want to do is focus back in strictly on the educational side of protective coatings. That's right. We want to be able to reach out to engineers and owners and to be able to help them develop the questions, the knowledge, the the experiences that they have or that they're looking for and where to find them, who to ask, what they can go to, or just some resources it might be. Yeah, and I think you guys have heard enough from Paul and I over 200 episodes. <laughs> so the red bucket is going to be focused more on bringing in industry professionals. Right. Bringing in people other than us who, who understand the industry, what's going on in the industry, what's going on with coatings, what's going on with corrosion, so that we can have a nice uh, top-level conversation about all things, whether it's uh, standards, whether it's projects, whether it's uh, technologies, there's there's a lot of information to cover here. And you know, we like to think of ourselves as leaders in education here at Carboline. We have four corrosion schools a year, I think two, two or three, if not four, passive fire protection schools. We do the rail school. Would it be fair to say that this is a continuation of leaders in education? Is that Ab a fair way to look at it? Absolutely. Um, we look at ourselves as being able to offer that information to be able to present it in a digestible fashion. So yes, we will absolutely be bringing in people that can help us communicate it in a little different fashion. So whatever way it is that you learn best or that you can absorb it best, we're going to hope to hit all those points as we, as we try to stay out in front and help bring more people. Because, you know, none of us are getting any younger. So we all need to bring younger people back into this industry. And if we don't recruit into it, nobody's going to fill these shoes. And what can the, uh, the folks listening expect for timing? When, when are we going to see the, the red bucket, a protective coatings podcast? It's going to be soon. Uh, dare I say within the next month. Right. Yeah. So a very short time after this uh, episode here release, we'll have our, our next ones coming out. Awesome. Well, I have no doubt it'll be a, a huge success like the first one was. And I, again, congratulate you guys on 200 episodes and look forward to 200 more. Excellent. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. And until the next time, I'm Paul. And I'm Jack. And we'd like to thank you for your support. Who put the line in Carbaline? Who put the line in Carbaline? No matter where I go, they don't know what I mean. I say Carbaline.